The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we're rumbling into College Football Roundup with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard. Welcome. What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Spencer the Wizard Grossinger, and I cannot wait to dive knee-deep in some college football. But also, we got pro football. It's an unbelievable time of the year, isn't it, Bruce? All-encompassing sports, college football, NFL, and college basketball. Eh, the NFL games, there's three games left. It's not even a big deal, those three games. You know, they're just three regular games. Or are they not? I think they're pretty special coming up. But before we even get into that, we have to talk about the Battle of the O's. Ohio State, Oregon Ducks. In this game, Ohio State and Oregon Ducks, it was it was firstly it was held at Jerry World in Dallas, and the ratings for this game were thirty four million people tuned in to watch that. So that was an unbelievable going to this playoff system, the ratings in this game combined uh the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl and then the national title game are so much more substantial than all the other bowl games because who really cares about all the other bowl games? I mean, it's great for pride, but this is for actual relevance in a championship. And for Ohio State, you know, they went in there and Ezekiel Elliott really just took over the game. He rushed for 220 yards again. And in the first quarter of the game, Oregon was up 7-0. Ohio State was pinned deep. They look a little flustered. But once Cardell Jones realized that he could sit back in the pocket if Oregon was going to rush three guys and if he can have all day the pass, Cardell Jones did an unbelievable job of not pressing in this game. He, he felt so comfortable. He didn't waver at all. He let the play develop. And that's a way to beat man coverage when you rush four guys. And he did that brilliantly, made awesome throws. But Ezekiel Elliott running to not in between the tackles, but outside the tackles was unbelievably effective. And this guy looks like he could be a first or second round pick next year when he's eligible to go into the draft. Ezekiel Elliott stole the show, but Cardell Jones supplemented Ezekiel Elliott beautifully in this ball game. So Ohio State's offense was really flourishing on all cylinders. But going into the game, you thought that Ohio State could have some success versus Oregon. Bruce what did you think about Marcus Mariota versus the Buckeyes D? How would you describe what happened there? 
I would say that Mariota didn't get a lot of help from his team. His uh, offensive line broke down. He was running for his life. And I I just don't think that they are accustomed to, to playing from behind, certainly as they did in this game. I was really impressed with the tackling of Ohio State. I mean, really, we watch a lot of NFL football, but I'll tell you, the tackling in that game was, was head and shoulders above I think right on par with the Seahawks' defense. Solid tackling, really excellent position. If you notice, you just watch the, the, the you know, Urban Meyer is such a detail-oriented guy, very physical, and they, they beat him in the trenches. And Mariota certainly didn't have a great game. I mean, he had over 300 yards of passing, and he did lose one of his receivers for a boneheaded um, weed smoking on the eve of the national championship, not the smartest thing. He could have waited until Tuesday. But I think Mariota still, he's, he's, I don't think he lost any luster. I believe he'll be a top five pick. And Cordell Jones, just a newsflash, announced he's coming back to Ohio State. So it looks like there's going to be a logjam at quarterback at Ohio State. Cordell Jones looks awesome, just wasn't ready to come out at this time. And, I mean, since you brought up Cardell Jones, I think it's appropriate that we dive into his decision. I personally believe that this decision does not benefit Cardell Jones because when is he ever going to be more relevant or more hot on the market? Cardell Jones has just won three games, the most important three games in maybe Ohio State history. I mean, this doesn't just happen every day. I mean, what this guy was able to do, he walked into the Big Ten championship game in the RCA Dome in front of thousands of Wisconsin and Ohio State fans, and they absolutely romped Wisconsin 59-0. So then you go into the Sugar Bowl game, and this dude, he hasn't even thrown more than 30 passes yet. So he goes into the Sugar Bowl versus Nicholas Saban, probably the best college football coach of all time in one of the most important games ever in college football history. And this guy is a third stringer who hasn't played in four years. He just walks in there, la-da-da-da-da, and he absolutely lights Alabama up. And he free- this guy could throw 80 yards. He's six foot five, and it's unbelievable. I don't even think – I don't – think at all Braxton Miller or JT Barrett would have the same success against Alabama. No one has had. You look at this guy's arm strength, it's off the charts. I mean, why wouldn't you draft this kid? I was talking to people and when I was talking to people who didn't watch college football but just watched the national title game and and I told them, who's the guy that's going to be the first overall pick? And they said, oh, it has to be Ohio State's guy. He has a rocket arm. He's six foot five. He's huge. He was trucking linebackers. There's so many risks with coming back, and this guy could have really been at least a second rounder. I mean, he just won the most important three games of college football in a way that will never be duplicated probably ever. Well, I I just think that he it's hard to say. In other words, he 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 received advice. I presume, but I can't confirm that Urban Meyer had to have a talk with him and, and it would convince him that he was number one on the depth chart. 
if I knew I was coming back as a third stringer, risking potential injury to play college football for free, whereas, like you said, his stock couldn't be any higher. Um, and, but we've seen this before. Certainly with um, Doug McDermott, he, he could have come to the NBA and in retrospect, he had such a great senior year. And if we knew he'd be buried on the bench in Chicago, I guess there'd be no rush or that he would hurt his knee and be out for weeks. So Doug made the right decision. But basketball and football are a bit different. You just don't see as, as many career-ending injuries as, as you do in football. You see guys blow out their ACL. You've seen it a lot. And it is, it's a very physical sport. And particularly positions like running back and quarterback – Every year of playing, I believe, you know, there's a certain amount of wear on the body. But nonetheless, the decision is made. Mariota announced that no surprise there. I mean, it was just a formality. Everybody knew he was coming out. You get more freedom as a, as a pro athlete in the media and, you know, people will start to leave you alone more. But when you're under the microscope of, uh, of being in college... It's very difficult to escape that fishbowl. And for this young man, Cardell Jones, he's now going to be graded much more harshly because his standard, the standard now, the expectation is sky high through the roof. And for most guys that come back for their senior year, a lot of it's pride. And you know what else it is? It's wanting to win a national championship. And for Cardell Jones, he's won a national championship. He's looked great doing it. He's shown no signs of anything negative at all in those three games. So I just think there's so much risk, not only injury, but performance-wise on the field. I think that for a bigger sample size, it's impossible to really be perfect for 16 games. I really think it's very difficult for Cardell Jones, for him to be graded higher and be more relevant now than he is going to be next year. And yeah, the quarterback battle. Uh, if Cardell Jones struggles at Ohio State, they still have Braxton Miller and JT Barrett like breathing down your neck. When you could just go function, be in the NFL, and learn the system right now. He's also 23 years old, so you might want to get a jump start on the NFL game. I, j- I just think it was kind of a, a no-brainer. Not a no-brainer. That's way too strong of a term, but I thought it would have benefited him to go to the NFL now because I think that there's a lot of potential issues. Well, I want to get your opinion about Urban Meyer. What is his legacy? Where does he stand in the continuum of great college coaches, now that he's won a third national championship, two with Florida, and now coming to the Big Ten and winning at Ohio State. What are your thoughts on that? I just think Urban Meyer is awesome. I think he's probably one of the best coaches in the game because he was at Utah, Alex Smith, undefeated, which is all, which is pretty amazing in the Mountain West. Then he went to Florida uh, Sugar Bowl titles, Tim Tebow era, four years of unbelievableness. You got a Heisman Trophy out of Tebow. You got uh, two championships with Tim Tebow, as you mentioned, one with Chris Leak. So Urban Meyer had a great run at Florida, and then he comes up to Ohio State and instills a culture there, and he's a guy that can go anywhere and win, like as he proved at Utah, which is in the Mountain West Conference. So for at Ohio State first year, he went 12-0. Remember, they couldn't play because of the sanctions. He went 12-0. Um, 
in the Big Ten the first year. Second year was a great year. They were almost undefeated again until they lost their last two games, but still another tremendous season there. So Urban Meyer is a guy that is unbelievable at coaching college sports and He's, he's probably the best. He, him and Nick Saban are so one and two, so above the rest of the field right now. And with Jim Harbaugh coming in, it could get interesting. But Urban Meyer's legacy is is great in terms of winning football games. Now, at Florida, there, there were some problems there with some arrests on those Florida teams. I don't know how much of that has to do with the head coaching. In terms of winning football games, this guy is definitely one of the best. I want to give a shout out to Ray Ellis, who, of course, is an alumnus of Ohio State, was a, a great player at, for the Ohio State Buckeyes before he came to the NFL and played certainly years for the Eagles and the Cleveland Browns, a native of Cannon, Ohio. He is our illustrious sports director of Voice America. And Ray, I know you're enjoying it, basking in the glow of victory. So congrats to you. And we'll be back in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds back. Bart. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the championship segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with Spencer the Wizard, And we've just witnessed the AFC and NFC Championship games. And we're going to get you guys all ready for the big game in two weeks. Take it away, Spence. Well, we had one lackluster game. And then we had one memorable game. The first game being at 3 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday was in Seattle. And this was a matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. And Seattle being the defending champion... 
uh, had a, had a opportunity at home to stamp their ticket to Arizona while a hobbled Aaron Rodgers came in and he looked to return back to the Super Bowl for the first time in four years after he defeated Pittsburgh in Dallas, Texas, technically Arlington, Texas. So what a ball game this Green Bay-Seattle game was. And for a lot of the game, you thought Green Bay was really in command. They missed a ton of opportunities in the red zone. And it was actually the perfect storm for Green Bay. They they ha- they um, got five turnovers off of Russell Wilson in this football game. Wilson threw, I believe, four interceptions, which is very uncharacteristic for him. Javon Curse, or Jermaine Curse, I should say, He had a couple of plays where the ball was in his hands, a lot of deflection, interceptions, and that's what happens with a strong-armed quarterback a lot is when you really try to thread the needle, throw it in there hard, it can bounce up, and a guy not even related to the play can come and just basically just get the the snacks uh, uh, or basically just get, get the football in the air, you know, and they don't even need to be near the ball. So for Green Bay, though, they were winning this game by 12 with five minutes to go. And you thought that they had a really good opportunity after an interception. Bruce, talk about the last five minutes of this football game about Green Bay. Well, the story really is about the Seahawks. The The Seahawks had, had a tremendous fake field goal play with a punter throwing a touchdown pass. Very, really great execution. We saw that replay over and over again. Pete Carroll is, is a very dynamic and imaginative coach. Never gave up on this game. So that was certainly a pivotal point in the game. Another, obviously, uh, going to the end of the game, the uh, the Packers had a chance to wrap it up. This guy named Bostic, who is, um, looks like a tight end, his job was to block on the play to let Jordy Nelson just fall on the ball. But as it turns out, it was an onside kick. And it came right, went right through his hands, hit him in the helmet, and was recovered by Seattle. And, you know, Seattle ultimately, the game ultimately went into overtime. And at that point, Seattle just rolled downhill and won the game. Certainly looking back on it, uh, Green Bay was very conservative. So you ask about Green Bay, the uh, coaching staff called mostly running plays with, that lost yardage. There was also another play where Green Bay uh, intercepted a ball and a guy just went down on it, you know, presuming that that's all he had to do was they could run out the ball. And he had clear sailing ahead of him. So in looking back at this game as a Monday morning quarterback, you could see so many places where Green Bay could have been more aggressive, could have iced the game, but they let Seattle hang around and essentially – the um, the fake field goal, the onside kick, and um, in general, you know, Russell Wilson just woke up at the end of the game and didn't let four interceptions bother him. And the twelfth man was there in earnest. So it was it was a really striking turnaround. Actually, Spencer, this was the largest margin of comeback. In, in history, not only NFC, but AFC, 16 nothing and a half, and to come back and lose was really um, very unusual. I didn't think it was that unusual because Green Bay 
their psyche was, holy crap, I can't believe we're actually winning this football game right now. I can't believe we're beating Seattle 16 to nothing. What do I do now? What do I do? Do I run the ball? Do I throw it? I mean, the bottom line is that Green Bay didn't have the psyche of the alpha dog. They could have taken Seattle out, but Seattle's the reigning champs for a reason. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, even though Green Bay was winning, he wasn't having a great day. I mean, no one could solve the riddle that is the Seattle Seahawks defense. So Green Bay's defense was was really poor in the last couple of minutes. They missed tons of assignments. Wilson was just throwing the ball down the field at ease. And it's just so funny how a narrative changes because Wilson went from a quarterback who really struggled in this game, a four-interception performance by him, probably his worst performance of his entire career, and now he's just considered a, a hero or a guy that is considered resilient just because Green Bay made so many mistakes, like not returning that interception for a touchdown, not catching an onside kick, um, and, and just playing poor defense at the end. But Green Bay got the ball five minutes left up 12, and they decided to run the ball three times. Now you have Aaron Rodgers, who is the best quarterback of arm strength in this game, maybe of all time. And he basically, he is the backbone of your team, Aaron Rodgers. You live, you should live by Aaron Rodgers, basically. And for them to take the ball out of his hands, it seems like they just wanted the game to go. They, they, they were playing not to lose the game instead of to win the game. And they didn't have that killer instinct and that mentality. They were afraid of failure. That's how I look at the Green Bay Packers and their performance at the end of the game with those three running plays, afraid of failing. And I, I relate it to this analogy real quick is I, uh, I play a friend of mine. He's been on the show once or twice, uh, Raj Singh. He's a much better ping pong player than I am. When I am occasionally up 20 to 17, the psyche I honestly have is, wow, I cannot believe I'm beating Raj Singh right here. I know that Raj Singh is better than me, and I know, and he's won championships before in the sport of ping pong. So when I'm up 20 to 17, I go for a winner off the serve. I don't just hit the ball back to him hoping that he's going to mess up because you know what? He's the champ for a reason. He's not going to mess up. And the bottom line it was is that the Green Bay Packers were like, okay, Russell Wilson, go ahead and mess up one more time. We're just going to rally it back to you. We're not going to go for a slamming forehand to put you away. We're not going to put ourselves in that risk. We are just going to simply hit the ball back to you and play conventionally. And with an amazing with a team like Seattle in a game like this, Champions don't play conventionally, and that's what I think we learned from today's football game. Well, when we look at baseball, you always say that you go for the win when when you're on the road. You don't really play for a tie, and I think that's the same analogy here that uh, the Green Bay in the first half was was just was piling it on. They were playing great. Certainly, we can look back at two drives where they were right on the goal line and they settled for field goals. You know, in and in the post game press conference, that certainly came up. And the coach of Green Bay even said, "I was thinking about going for it at two yards, but it was just too early in the game." So they 
that team's really going to agonize in the offseason. You looked at Aaron Rodgers. He was really tortured in the press conference. But one thing about him is he, he really mans up. He, he doesn't throw his coach under the bus. He's extremely loyal. And when they, when they were constantly peppering with questions about the conservative play calling, he took responsibility for it. And um, that, that's why he's such a likable person and athlete. Not only does he have great arm talent, but he, re- he really stands up for it. He accepted the loss. He, he, didn't, he didn't run away from the interview. He shook hands. He, he did everything right. Absolutely, and that that's why he's he's such a likable character in football. Aaron Rodgers is because he's he's modest, but also he does he doesn't showboat or he does he doesn't really trash talk that much as a, as a quarterback. You you see Aaron Rodgers, and he's just like an exemplary figure in, in the National Football League. He's calm, cool, and collected. He's he's a great leader, but again, he's not that flamboyant, and that's what I think makes him relatable to people. He's kind of had an underdog story coming out of Cal, having the weight twenty five picks. Actually, he went to a community college. He was five eleven coming out of high school. So yeah, I definitely love Aaron Rodgers. Just his personality, he's so invested in his team and loyal to to everyone in his organization. So there's no reason not to like him. He's a very cool character. He never really seems phased by anything. Uh, Russell Wilson, though, unbelievable performance in overtime, just leading them down the field, throwing touchdowns. I don't think there's anybody that prepares as hard as this kid. He's truly special. He's a guy that thrives on the biggest moments, and usually you see people windle under pressure or are afraid, but I think that Russell Wilson shows us that preparation is what allows you to be successful. And he's thrown that pass so many times, and he's working with receivers that frankly are not top, um, tier A guys, and and he's making them look a lot better. A thing I was really impressed with about Wilson is that he can hang on to the ball for 12 seconds. If they rush three guys at him and they play eight guys back in coverage, he'll hold the ball until someone's open. He, he really doesn't panic, and that's a special trait. Um, but just, again, having the belief, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson – they truly believe that they're going to win. And that goes to sports psychologist Dr. Gervais that they have up there in Seattle. Not many teams have sports psychologists, but it just shows you that that mental edge is so important in these crucial moments. It's such a mental game, even though it's a physical game on the outside. Well, that segues into a quarterback who never is faced in the pocket, who stands in under the rush, a true warrior, Andrew Luck. So we're going to be back in three. We're going to wrap up the AFC Championship. Stay there. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm a sports neurologist and medical doctor who's located right in the tri-state area, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Delaware. If you're within the sound of where my voice is emanating, which is, of course is the Philadelphia area, please come by. If you have any problem with your neck, back, or joints, come see us at Grossinger Nora Paid Specialist, 610-521-6063. Again, 610-521-6063. And I have somebody here, who definitely won't see if you come to the office, but if you need sports analysis in an emergent basis, <laughs> you come to the Urgy Center of Spencer the Wizard, and there's where we are now. We're breaking down what looked like a great matchup between Tommy the Topcat Brady and Andrew the Bearded Warrior Luck <laughs> as we have the Colts, the upstart Colts, rumbling into the frozen snowy tundra. Of New England. And we were expecting a great game. But unfortunately, sometimes expectations fall by the wayside. This is one of those situations where at halftime, we found ourselves searching for new popcorn and another Barco lounger. So, Spencer, tell us this exciting and thrilling, suspenseful game. AFC Championship. Break it down. Under the lights, right? It's kind of like you you get an appetizer at a five-star restaurant, which was the Seahawks game, and then you go for fast food on the way out as your entree. I mean, that's what it was like. I mean, unfortunately, you know, being a college student and uh, having a having a father that also has a job as a doctor, we were uh, face uh, first in our work much earlier than we wanted to. We still wanted to watch some TV late at night, but unfortunately, Tom Brady and LeGarrette Blunt. It's just funny. These guys off the street, like LeGarrette Blunt, who was a free agent, can come in there, and Bill Belichick can take this guy and, and magically turn him into one of the best running backs that we've seen all season. <laughs> just a dominating performance, isn't it? When's the last time you've seen a free agent come in there and be the most dominating running back? In in the playoffs, it's such a crucial moment. He's just like, hey, LeGarrette, um, we're just going to run you 30 times one of the most important games in three hours of my life. I'm going to actually 
let you run the ball and and you're going to determine our future. Isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that just brilliant? I can think of another example, and I think that's the brilliance of Belichick. He took a guy off the Eagles' strap, uh, strap, scrap, scrap heap, and his name is Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung couldn't cover a couch, but <laughs> he comes and he's played. He's going to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And LeGarrette Blunt couldn't wake up and couldn't attend a team meeting for Pittsburgh. And that's what happened. He had what they call alarm clock no, failure. No, I seriously think LeGarrette Blunt, he was he was actually um, pulled over for pot possession as well in Pittsburgh, too. But he also, well, maybe that explains why he, he didn't he make didn't any meetings. Up, uh, he couldn't wake up either. He woke up, and he, when he woke up, guess what they said? You're out of here. But you know what? I don't think he wasn't smoking anything, but he was toasting the Colts defense in this football game, which was unbelievable. He he was incredible. He was a monster. And he was looking like beast mode. Certainly, <laughs> beast mode looked like a lot like beast mode. But LeGarrette Blunt uh, just, just had a great game. Tom Brady, just methodical. This was a your classic methodical Patriots victory where they just rolled, you know, Edelman, Julian Edelman had, had, a, had a tremendous game. Really the, the ghost of Wesley Welker <laughs> again, uh, he was dinged a little bit, came back in the game, a copy machine, brilliant. And of course a touchdown to an offensive lineman, just to show that Belichick is an equal opportunity um, trickster he came up with a uh, a play where he threw it to a six foot eight offensive lineman. I was listening to the game on the radio as I was driving around, right. and they thought it was originally Gronkowski because he was Gronkowski is the only one who looked anything like this lineman. But it turned out it was the offensive lineman catching the touchdown. So I think you always see Belichick will come up with wrinkles, and he's got two weeks to prepare for the Seahawks. And ultimately, this game, uh, you, you know, w- was not close. No. The, you, could, you could see at the beginning of the game, they were just rolling. They were rolling downhill. The Colts had no answers. And this was a good old-fashioned blowout. Well, I want to add something about the Colts before we um, segue. Is that the Colts, they have nothing that's that consistent. I mean, even though Andrew Luck is an unbelievable passer, I mean, you got you to gotta sustain drives against New England. And when you don't have a running game at all or any resemblance of any running game, that, that could really be such a struggle. And Daniel Heron's done a very admirable job filling in for um, Ahmad Bradshaw and Trent Richardson, but they they don't have a consistent running game, and the Patriots were able to put pressure on Luck, and you and you know that Andrew Luck he just can't carry a team every single week, and that's why when you look at Dallas, their game is transportable. They're a transportable project. They could take their game anywhere. That's why DeMarco Murray was able to run in Seattle. He was able to go in Green Bay because the Dallas Cowboys 
are different than the Colts because they can run the football, sustain drives, and, and run clock. So you're not just giving it back to Tom Brady. So for the Colts, that was definitely an issue. I thought that they did a nice job on Denver last week, but I think we could see in this game it was more of a product of Peyton Manning being very hobbled and injured and ineffective in his role last week than maybe the Colts being an elite threat to take down the New England Patriots. But it's unbelievable. I think the Patriots are just one team that has the number of the Indianapolis Colts. And that's another psychological analyst from this analysis from this game is that Indianapolis and Andrew Luck hasn't been able to get over the hump, which is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and not many people can. But, uh, you know, Bruce, when you look at Tom Brady and it's like a third and three, I'm just so impressed how he's able to stand in the pocket so upright. And he just looks like he's always going to place the ball exactly where it needs to be. It looks like he's two steps ahead of the defense when you watch Tom Brady. Do you kind of feel the same sentiment? I mean, he always seems to make the right read. He's always in rhythm making timing passes. It's odd to see the guy struggle. Well, we certainly didn't see any struggling today. Great mix of run and pass. He also, on on very crucial uh, third and fourth down plays, he was able to himself... Uh, do a quarterback sneak and get first downs. Extremely uh, poised. Some people think the best of all time. Certainly, Joe Montana has that, you know, is at the top of the mantle as a guy who, who never played in the Super Bowl that he lost. You were witness to two Tom Brady losses against the Giants. I believe one was in Arizona. So Tom Brady's going back to the seat of the crime. He's going back to Arizona and in in my mind, if if they win, if if New England wins the Super Bowl, he might go out on top. I don't know what else he has to prove. Again, you look at him and you look at Tony Romo. Tom Brady had one bad knee injury, but other than that, he's been remarkably durable throughout his whole career. And it, I guess that, that that leads us into uh, at the end of the segment of our, our Super Bowl predictions. What about Tony Romo? Tony Romo has broken every bone in his body. He's almost 35 years old. He 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 had a great year. Some people think an MVP season, and you just wonder how much more abuse he's going to be able to take. Right. And you know he's he's had a great career, but he, he hasn't had the Super Bowl. Right. And so I I make the analogy that Brady and Romo are similar in age, but certainly different in terms of their profile. And, and Brady has had. Uh, remarkable career with multiple Super Bowls. We got a couple minutes left in this segment. I want to ask you where your rooting interest is based on this game. Not your rooting interest, but people that are not invested in the Seattle Seahawks or or New England Patriots. I believe actually that a lot of people will be pulling for New England because Seattle just won last year and because they do feel guilt because those those two uh, losses that you just pointed out that we were in attendance for, the Giants' losses, both of those games were so close and they would kind of feel more validation for Tom Brady and respect if he's able to get a four for a. In my view, and again, it's just a gut feel, I think the nation will be split. I think that you got West Coast versus East Coast. You got old school versus new school. Pete Carroll is a really exciting, dynamic coach. A lot of people are really excited about the Seattle defense. Russell Wilson is a very likable player. 
Uh, Marshawn Lynch is certainly uh, funny by not speaking or when he does speak, which is rarely he's he's a character. And I think a lot of people, you know, dislike Bill Belichick. He's a very methodical guy. He doesn't give you much in the press conferences. I have a ton of respect for him. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him. When you meet him in person, it's it's a little bit different. He's a different person um, than he is, you know, a typical press conference. But I'm not sure. I, I, I there's there there are statistics. There there will be polls, and I I think the nation's going to be split between these two teams. It looks like this segment's up. We're we're going to roll into a fourth segment, and in that segment, we're going to cover things as mundane as who will be the world champion. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this week. It's been a great time recapping the NFL. It's a little bittersweet because we only got one more football game. And I am definitely already jacked for next year, next August, picking some fantasy football and getting ready for some preseason. And it's been an awesome year. I thank you guys for hanging in there and listening every week. It's It's been an awesome time being able to present to you our predictions and everything. And we're excited to make one last prediction. But you know what? Every good prediction, maybe not every good prediction, but every prediction needs to be a little bit teed up. And it needs to be a little bit of a teaser. And we're going to make you guys work for it a little bit. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about some NBA basketball. And we're going to preview the big game at the end of this segment. So, Bruce, what are your feelings this year on NBA basketball? 
I find the regular season this year is much less interesting than it's been in years past. There's a confluence of different factors that we could share. One of them is we're influenced by the city we live in, the Philadelphia 76ers. And right now they're getting out-tanked by their northern neighbors, the New York Knicks. So there's so many really bad teams, including the Sixers and the Knicks. And we also have a weird balance of power in the NBA. Cleveland is an underachieving team, just barely one game under 500. LeBron James, while connected with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, somehow that team hasn't been able to get over the hump. You wonder if it's the coach uh, who should be maybe coaching in Israel for the Maccabee games. But you look at it, and you just don't see that many intriguing matchups. Obviously, Golden State has had a great season, but that's kind of a regional team. We, We don't see a lot of Golden State here. And we look at it, we see our stars aging. Kobe um, is having a reasonable year. He's, he's healthy. He's 39 years old. But the Lakers are just horrible. And um, so you got the Lakers, you got the Knicks, you got the Sixers. You've got a lot of teams that traditionally are exciting, such as the Knicks and the Lakers, that are just horrible. And you're seeing a lot of teams mailing it in. You look at San Antonio traditionally with Pop. He's very good at resting his players. I've, I've seen it more than ever in a regular season. Guys are just coming. Um, Atlanta came here and rested all their stars and still beat the Sixers by 20 points. So if you're a season ticket holder, the only reason you're going to a Sixers game is to watch the opposition. But when, but when the team, the opposing team is basically resting all their stars and they're still kicking your butt, it makes for an extremely boring time. So I, th- I want to be very clear to restrict my comments to the regular season because somehow NBA playoffs always seem to ratchet up and we always get different subplots. But so far this year, it has been a snoozer. Your thoughts? I agree because it's the matchups are mundane. You've seen them before. And the first half of a, of a regular season game, if you really watch it, everybody's kind of coasting in the NBA. You don't see guys that are diving on the floor. You don't you don't see just unbelievable defensive effort. And a lot of that might stem from nowadays the the players are very friendly with each other, which is a good thing. But back in the past when you had Isaiah versus Michael Jordan or Larry versus Magic Johnson, these guys really disliked each other on, on the basketball court. And when you had teams such as the Bad Boy Pistons that would really like if you drove the lane, they would be very physical. That would be a team that I wouldn't mind watching regular season basketball of because they're going to bring that intensity night in and night out. But a lot of times, like, here's a great example. I believe that Johnny Manziel and Jimmer Fredette are in the same realm because both of them were electric athletes at the college level, one at BYU and one at Texas A&M both shorter guards, that, and you weren't sure if their games could translate to the next level or not. Jimmer Fredette now, most peop- the average person would have no idea, or the average sports fan would have no idea where Jimmer Fredette is playing basketball right now. And they would know where Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel are in the NFL, and that reason is because the games... 
there's not that many games. So you're in tune to every action that the teams are doing in the social media world. I think in the social media world, we're also impatient. And also, if the Cleveland Cavaliers got an eighth seed in the playoffs this year, would you still be concerned about them getting that eighth seed? Or would it not even matter because the best team is probably going to win? You see, home field advantage is also such a key. That's what makes regular season so important. And for college sports, the reason why we're so invested to college football and college basketball is because seeding is so crucial. For example, Ohio State lost their second game of the year to Virginia Tech, and they were almost knocked out of out of contention for a championship. But in the NBA, there's no consequences. Cleveland, I bet you they will really ratchet it up at the end of the year, probably win 15 games out of 25, get into the fourth seed, and still make the finals and achieve all their goals. So right now, this doesn't impact at all because of the length of the games. But it is hard to describe how you can make the the game better because you can't just shorten it to 50 games, although I would like that. I also look at the East. I think the East is, is, is really weak. And the teams I don't find are very exciting. I look at, certainly, I look at the Atlanta Hawks. Certainly, there was a lot of controversy the offseason about the owner, you know, it's hard to get fans to show up in Atlanta. And that team, while they're having a good season, not a particularly exciting team to watch. The Toronto Rafters, same. Washington Wizards, same. So you've got, these are three of the top teams in the East. I've, I find them uninteresting. The Miami, which is really exciting. It was a team you love to hate with the big three, has now been broken up. And, and even the Sixers were able to beat they were able to go to Miami and, and beat the Heat. And um, I guess Charles Barkley made an analogy that the, the only way you could lose to the Knicks, and I'll extrapolate that to the Sixers, is if you're in a coma. So I, I think that was um, what I would say. So somehow the Heat managed to lose to the Sixers at home. So I think one factor is the East. The teams aren't exciting. Everything's topsy-turvy. You got Brooklyn's, you know, watered down team that's probably going to slide in there to the playoffs. Cleveland's going to slide in. You look at the West, the regular teams. You've already seen, you know, San Antonio. They're a very good team. The Clippers certainly exciting. Memphis, but there's just no real great storylines. There's no, there's nobody emerging. Jabari Parker, very excited. He blew out his ACL. He's done. You you look at uh, Joel Embiid is is hurt. And, and you could just go throughout and see reason after reason why that uh, NBA is not that interesting. But we're going to immediately shift gears now well, because well, I, we're, we're going to shift listen, gears. Listen, I have to say we're something gonna, about you. the NBA, though. And All right. You got it. Let's go to football. Okay. This, this is important. Super Bowl prediction. Go. I believe that's, that Seattle – in this football game, I I believe that because I believe that Seattle's going to manhandle the Pats in this one. I, I'm going to take the Seahawks here, uh, 35. Actually, I'm going to take them 42 to 20 in this game o- over the Patriots because Seat because the Patriots bread and butter is throwing the football. Seattle's defense is great at covering people. 
I don't see any Patriots player that can get open other than Rob Gronkowski. I don't see Julian Edelman burning anybody in this game. You look at Tom Brady, oh yeah, he's an intense guy. He has great arm strength. Well, it doesn't matter if no one can get open. They're going to get pressure on him. It's going to be another route. It's it's really a horrible matchup for New England. The only way they stay in this game is if Russell Wilson performs really poorly, but I think he'll clean things up and Seattle will be fine. Well, I have a mirror image prediction. I believe that it's time. It's time for Belichick and Brady to win. They have two weeks to prepare. Uh, Brady is sharp. Gronkowski's healthy again. Edelman, uh, amazing. Blunt is peaking at the right time. And I think their defense is underrated. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to predict 36-27 to 27 Patriots win. And I'm also predicting that if they do win, that Brady will will go out a hero, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And I I I just saw a lot about Seattle that they just they weren't firing on all cylinders. They could have lost the game so easily today. And I, and I do, I don't they obviously have a great defense, but I don't think their offense has that much firepower. So I'm I'm actually making a different prediction. But. In today's game, their defense still showed no signs of weakness. And, I mean, in that prediction you just mentioned, you said, oh, it's Tom Brady's time. Well, I don't really know if that, that means any value, though, because between the lines, you have you have Edelman, Amendola. You don't have any elite wide receivers that are going to be able to get open against the Seattle defense. Your running game, they're going to have to rely on running the ball a lot. Like Garrett Blunt's going to have to pound Seattle's defense. And I don't know if they're going to resort to that game plan. If they did, then this should be a low-scoring type of game. The Patriots would have a lot better chance. But I still see Russell Wilson being able to play a lot better than today's game. Today he was a disaster, and that's so rare. And Seattle was still able to overcome it. So Seattle's one of the best-made teams that we've ever seen in this league, and they're going to win another championship. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Tom Brady win another game. I think that he definitely is a guy that is worthy of, of another championship. He's gone nine years without it. He's the hardest working guy in the game. Unfortunately, Seattle just has more has better players. Their defense is so much better. And you're going to see that. It's it's going to be a totally different game. I think we have to keep an eye on injuries. As Bruce the Sports Doc, next week I'll be updating you on the status of Richard Sherman. A lot of lack of clarity as to the injury. So there, there wasn't an announcement, in fact, whether this was an elbow or a shoulder or the nature of the injury. Once that's delineated, I'm going to break that down for you guys next week. But I saw Richard Sherwood playing with one arm today, and I also saw Earl Thomas also get nicked up. And these are this is a backbone of their secondary. So we need to see the extent of their injuries. But again, our predictions are on record. I'm predicting the Patriots. Spencer's picking Seattle. And in any event, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a clash of two different styles. Definitely exciting. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Bruce the Sports Talk and Spencer the Wizard. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.